Welcome back to the Kendra's Treasures podcast, my podcast about me, a small business owner and entrepreneur with no real background experience in business. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Miss Julie M.T., and the M.T. is for Mighty Tough Walker. She is a tax attorney. Miss Julie Walker is an award-winning attorney, former judge, and known to teach wealth building through investment clubs. In her law practice, she specializes in tax law. Miss Julie served as an Atlanta traffic court judge for 10 years and a senior tax attorney with the IRS for 18 years. She started her law firm, Julie M.T. Walker Law Firm, LLC, in April 2006 and has a total of 32 years as a tax attorney. In, ni- in a 1977, Jesse Smith Noyes graduate of Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, 1980 cum laude graduate of Howard University School of Law in Washington, D.C., and 1984 graduate of Emory University School of Law with a master's of law and taxation in Atlanta, Georgia. Miss Walker grew up on the south side of Chicago and moved to Atlanta in 1980, is an award-winning Olympic triathlete, founding member of Impact Church, and has two adult sons. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning. And your audience, um, as a lawyer, first I must give you a disclaimer of what I'm going to talk about. And that is my presentation will be a high-level overview of what you need to know from an IRS tax perspective when you start your business and how to avoid any IRS uh, tax problems. I recommend that you seek different professionals, including a tax attorney, an accountant, someone in marketing, when you launch your business. So after that disclaimer, I'd like to tell you, while at the IRS working as a tax attorney, I had the idea of starting a business. And if people are from Atlanta, in 1989, a brand new underground Atlanta opens up. And in opening up, they offer startup businesses to have a push cart. Just Mm -hmm. a little push cart, not a brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm. And I decided to do a push cart selling Batman paraphernalia because in June of 1989 the Batman movie came out. Oh, okay. And I sold different uh, Batman paraphernalia like t-shirts, like posters, buttons, and that was my first entrepreneurial startup business uh, in underground Atlanta. So I would work my IRS job 
and I actually had to have employees to run the business during the operating hours at Underground, which was typically from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. And after work, I would then go to Underground and manage the business. I would work the business so as not to have to pay employees right. for the shift from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So that was a learning experience and a great entree into starting my own business. The second business I started was another pushcart business when the 1996 Olympics came to Atlanta. And I had a pushcart that sold uh, hats, bottled water, little portable fans right. to keep you cool. Oh, yeah, because they needed that. Attending, uh, Olympic Okay, so you've had quite a few small businesses. So what is some advice that you would give to a small business owner? So what I would say, in starting a business, you should have a business plan that describes the service or product that you are selling. Okay. A marketing plan would be part of your business plan that sets forth how you are going to acquire your customers and how you plan to grow your business and how you are not going to get in trouble with the IRS when making your money. And you can Google and find sample business plans, but you must tailor the business plan to fit your business and whatever service you are providing or whatever product that you are selling. Right. There, there are many free resources that your city, your state, and the federal government offers you to help you start a business. One example is the Small Business Administration. That is a federal program. Here in Atlanta, Georgia Tech has a program and Georgia State University they both have resources to help you start a business. Okay, I didn't know that. Now, right. Now, after you um, do a business plan, and I must say that most businesses do not do it, but I am trying to give you the correct advice, so I urge you to take the time and do a business plan. Okay. After you have your business plan, you need to determine what legal entity that you will operate your business. Will it be a corporation like Coca-Cola? Mm -hmm. No. 
starting a business while working a full-time job. Oh, okay. I but, didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> so let me illustrate a problem of being a Schedule C sole proprietorship and why it's important to choose the correct legal entity. Okay. Let's say you didn't do your legal entity selection and you then have to file um, as a Schedule C sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. Let's say you are a service provider and you're a hairdresser and you, um, a client comes in and they want a prom. Okay. And a, a prom to straighten their hair. Right. And let's say you don't mix the chemicals correctly and you burn your client's scalp, right. causing damage and injury. Mm -hmm. That client may very well sue you. And as a Schedule C sole proprietor, that person could sue you not only for your business assets, like your salon chairs, your um, shampoo bowls, mm -hmm. but they can also go after your personal assets, mm -hmm. your house, your car, your bank account. If there is a favorable lawsuit and the court requires that um, they collect against you. So for that reason, you do not want to be a Schedule C uh, sole proprietorship. Right. You want to form a corporation and the typical corporation for a solo entrepreneur is an LLC, a limited liability corporation. And the LLC is a corporate entity that protects your personal assets. So if someone wanted to sue you, mm -hmm. Or if that hairdresser had been an LLC, then the only assets that a person could collect uh, with a judgment from the court would be your your salon chairs, your shampoo bowl, your brushes, your combs, your business bank account. Right. But they would not be able to go after your personal assets. Okay. So that is the reason why it is recommended that you create a corporate entity to shield your personal assets. Okay. That's really good information. That's so important for people to know, especially when they're starting their new business because you definitely don't want people coming after your personal things <laughs> if they anything hard for yeah <laughs> okay so um what are some of the most common mistakes that you've seen small business owners make 
Well, number one, they don't create an LLC. Right. And to create an LLC, you must file an uh, application with the state where you are opening your business. So here in Atlanta, if you started a business, you would have to file an application with the um, state of Georgia, with the Secretary of State, Mm -hmm. to be recognized as a corporation doing business in the state of uh, Georgia. Then you would elect to be a limited liability company. Okay. And the way you do that is you include in the name of your business the the word or the initials LLC, which means a limited liability corporation. So the world knows that you are a corporation and that LLC will protect your personal assets uh, from your corporate assets. And so you have to select a business name uh, for your business, but the state requires that you do a name search. Right. Uh, because you can, there cannot be two businesses operating in the state of Georgia with the same business name. Right. And the reason is you do not want to confuse your consumers. Yes. So you need to uh, go on the website of the Secretary of State for the state of Georgia Mm -hmm. and you do a business search for the name that you think you want your business to be named. If you do a search and someone has that name already, mm-hmm. you will not be able to um, use that name for your business. Right. So you should really come up with a couple of business names and so that there can be no confusion. The Secretary of State will not allow you and and they will tell you, no, that name has already been taken. Right. So after you select your unique business name, then that application requires that you name the officers of your business. Mm-hmm. The CEO, the secretary, the treasurer, and a registered agent for your business. Mm-hmm. You are the creator and the owner of your business. So you will register yourself as the CEO, secretary, treasurer, and the registered agent as you are the sole owner of your business. Right. A registered agent is required for the protection of the consumers. The registered agent is the person that a consumer would um, 
contact if that person wanted to file a lawsuit against um, your business. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I am a solo law firm, meaning I am the only attorney in my law firm that provides legal services in the area of tax law. Okay. I am the CEO, the secretary, treasurer, and registered agent okay. for my business. <clears throat> a lot of times, people will go to a lawyer to do the paperwork to start the business. Okay. Um, and the lawyer will uh, list... Um, themselves as the registered agent but that is not necessary I think as a startup business you want to be the registered agent because you want to receive any notice of a lawsuit right but exactly it's okay to have a lawyer do it. Yeah. But you're putting the burden on the lawyer to remind you when you have to pay your annual corporate uh, corporation um, dues. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if the lawyer is your registered agent and they forget to tell you right, or they don't tell you that you have been sued, then you're in trouble. Right. So I recommend for a solo startup business that you hold all of the offices. Right. And the Secretary of State will send <clears throat> you your annual dues notice to pay your $50 a year yeah. to remain as a um, legal corporate entity in um, the state of this, in, in the state of Georgia. Okay. So, in summary, you first need a business plan, then right. you need to create a legal entity for your business. Yes. So that's all really great information. So I know we've talked about it before, but there are things out there like LegalZoom, which is a website where people can go file these things um, through the website and they charge, you know, they pay what they pay to do that. Um, but I personally did not go through LegalZoom to get my stuff together. Um, I did what you just recommended doing. But would you recommend using LegalZoom or doing it yourself um, to start up your business? I, I, as an attorney, felt very comfortable doing my own um, application with the Secretary of State. Right. Because it's not that complicated. Right. And you, Kendra, just said you did it on right. your own. I did. But some people feel like they might not be able to afford an attorney to do it for them. Mm -hmm. So they go to LegalZoom. Right. And LegalZoom will do um, 
they will get you incorporated in the state where you're doing your business, mm-hmm. but you're paying a cost to do that. Right. You're not paying a lawyer cost because legal boom, they um, they don't represent to the world that they're your personal lawyer. Right. They basically have lots of forms and they um, fill out the form for you mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Yeah. And I think it's a form that it's simple enough. There are instructions um, on the Secretary of State's website, and I think you can do it yourself. Yeah. I agree with that. I feel like um, just from me looking over what LegalZoom requires, I just felt like it was a little costly, especially as a startup business. Um, When I went to the Secretary of State's website, I was able to just read and fill out everything, and it cost a whole lot less than it would have cost me to do it through LegalZoom, just me doing it myself. So I just felt like that was the better route for me to go, but I can totally understand why people feel uh, more comfortable doing it through there because you don't want to really right. mess this kind of stuff up. You know? <laughs> right. You want to set up your um, corporate um, status with the state correctly. Right. Legally operating your business in the state. Right. And just as an aside, but since this is just an overview not only are there requirements for uh, the state of Georgia, you also must um, comply with the city um, or the county that you live in. Okay. Um, whatever business requirements that they have. Oh. Like if you're operating in the city of Atlanta, mm-hmm. they want you to get a business license. Okay. Or Fulton County will require that if you're um, operating in Fulton County that you have a business license. Right. But that's another workshop and a seminar. (laughs) Right. Uh, We're just doing a, a grand overview. Right. Um, so after filing the LLC and taking all of those great steps, what is, what are the next steps that, um, a small business owner will need to take? Well, if you decide that your legal entity is a one-member limited liability uh, company, then for IRS tax purposes, you need to file a form 2553 with the IRS within 75 days to elect to be treated for tax purposes as an entity that is disregarded and separate from you, the owner. Okay. Okay. So a lot of people miss this step. Right. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And um, when you elect to be a limited liability company, you, for tax purposes, as a startup small business, you want to be treated 
and uh, disregarding um, separate entity from the owner. Okay. So, my example with a Schedule C sole proprietor, you are the owner, but you have no corporate protection. So, an LLC gives you that separate entity from you as the owner. Mm -hmm. Now, I must say that the similarities of a sole proprietorship and an LLC are um, identical, rather, except that um, the difference is a Schedule C does not have the protection of a corporation, whereas an LLC does have that protection, mm -hmm. but you are still reporting your income and your expenses uh, from your LLC on your regular Form 1040 income tax return. Okay. There's a line item where um, if you are working a full-time job, mm -hmm. you have to report your W-2 wages. Right. And then for your side business, your new startup hustle, um, <laughs> then there's a line on your Form 1040 tax return where you report other income. Okay. And that would either be your Schedule C, your limited liability corporation income, your partnership uh, income, if you decide that you will form a partnership, you're mm -hmm. not a sole uh, owner of the company that you have started. Right. So the similarities are you are reporting and, uh, the income and expenses uh, to arrive at your taxable income. And then you report all of that on your regular Form 1040. Okay. And there is another um, form uh, for your limited liability company. You do have to file um, a Form 1120 for your limited liability uh, company. Okay. But I don't want to get bogged down in the, the details of <laughs> right. all of that. And that's probably why you want a tax attorney right. get some advice from a tax attorney of what you need to do in this new startup exciting business uh, venture that you want to launch. Right. So, so I highly recommend that you have an accountant. Yes. You have someone that can help you with your marketing of your business. Mm -hmm. And you have um, a tax attorney go over what are the legal deductions and expenses that I can claim in my small business right and um so you know in summary you want a business plan 
in that business plan, it will talk about marketing. How are you going to market to get your customers? Mm-hmm. And it will also um, make you think about your taxes and what you need to do um, in terms of being a legitimate business, paying your taxes, paying them timely. And um, then you have to select your legal entity and one of the professionals you do want to have is uh, a tax attorney that can give you that advice. And uh, as I said before, you would want an an accountant to do what IRS requires. Mm -hmm. IRS requires that every business provide monthly financial statements and bookkeeping. And you can hire your accountant can do your monthly statements and your bookkeeping to comply with the IRS law right. that you must do books and records and monthly financials. Mm-hmm. Or QuickBooks is a tool that if you want to learn it, it can do uh, a great job of marketing, I mean, of keeping up with all of your business income, expenses, it can create monthly reports. Right. So that could be another resource. Right. If you can't afford an accountant, but you have to have an accountant at some point. Right, at some point. <laughs> yeah. But um, you could, you know, do QuickBooks and then your accountant can use what you have put in QuickBooks to actually prepare your income tax. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I have a few more questions, just two more. (laughs) Um, Some of my listeners had some questions I asked on Facebook and Twitter. Um, If anybody had any questions, they wanted me to ask a small business owner. So this first question is coming from Shana. um, And she would like to know at what point should a small business owner get a tax attorney? At the beginning. At the beginning. One thing I want to emphasize is you do not want to have problems with the IRS right. in your business. So consulting with a tax attorney will help you avoid any kind of IRS problems um, that you just simply want to avoid. You know, everybody's scared of the IRS, and, you know, you should just take the time in planning to budget for a consultation mm-hmm. with a tax attorney. Now, many people, you know, consult with an accountant, and they they know lots of things, but to make sure that the accountant knows that you need to select the correct business entity. Mm-hmm. Um, they may know it, but me as a tax attorney who worked for IRS for 18 years right. and in my law firm practice, 
I think it's a good investment to um, schedule and pay for a consultation with a tax attorney. Right. And I've kind of given you an overview, but there would be more information that I would provide to keep you IRS compliant. Right. Right. You do do not want any problems with the IRS. <laughs> so the okay. other question um, comes from Jay, and he would like to know, what are the characteristics of a good tax attorney, and how do I know before I hire them? That is a great question. Yeah. Because with the internet, um, you can type in the word tax attorney. Right in your particular area mm-hmm. and you know several will come up many will come up yeah. and then you say well how do I know who's legit who is not legit and you have to do some um, I guess I spy background investigation yeah you do you can you can google whatever names that come up mm-hmm. and um see if they really are a tax accountant because there are a lot of scammers out here and um, they may say that they're uh, they may come up as a tax attorney right in the Google search but you have to do some more due diligence Um, Google them and see where did they um, go to college yeah. And do they go to law school? Yes. You can't be an attorney without going to college and going to law school. Right. So if you Google them and there's no education mm-hmm. information, your antenna should go up. Right. But let's say you Google and you find that they're legitimate, you kind of have to look at... Um, how long have they been a tax attorney? Okay. And look at maybe the reviews that they have gotten. Right. Um, <clears throat> look at their website. And, you know, that's probably the hardest thing. But you can try and ask um, other uh, business owners do they know a tax attorney? You yes. try and get referrals right. from somebody you trust to avoid, you know, ending up with a scammer right. or someone saying they're a tax attorney and they are, uh, are not. Right. So that all kind of also goes back to like your networking and your building those relationships with other people who are kind of in the same field as you are trying to start their right. own business as well. Right. And, and that's a very good point, um, Kendra. If you are in the um, graphic artist business, mm-hmm. you should find out in your local community are there a, a associations of graphic artists. And that becomes where you form a network of people who have already been doing what you want to do. Right. And you could join their organization, attend their monthly meetings or webinars, and you can even find a mentor, somebody who has been in the business for Mm -hmm. a very long time. They can be an excellent resource to 
helping find the accountant, right. the tax attorney, and any other resources that you need for your particular industry. Right. But I want to make one um, important point okay. that um, I find a lot of small businesses make a mistake. And that is when you're in uh, your own business, you must pay yourself a salary. Right. You're not in business not to make money. Yeah. So just like you get a W-2 from your 9 to 5 employer mm-hmm. that shows how much income you made, in your business, you are your only employee right. in your business. Therefore, there's employment taxes that you need to um, know what they are. And employment taxes are paid quarterly, every three months. So you need to learn about employment taxes um, because it can be costly not to learn about employment taxes. Right. For example, if someone just starts their business, doesn't do a business plan, doesn't uh, select the correct entity, they will be a Schedule C sole proprietorship. Mm-hmm. They report their income and um, expenses on that income. But when they file their return, they have not paid any employment taxes. Right. And employment taxes are federal taxes that you have to pay the IRS, mm-hmm. state taxes that you have to pay the state of Georgia, and then there's FICA, and you will contribute to Social Security, so you must pay those taxes. So when you um, reach the age of 65, you have contributed to Social Security, right, and then you are able to collect Social Security. Yes. So the whole area of employment taxes is something that you should think about uh, early on in your business, and that would be um, advice that a tax attorney would go over with you how you file. Um, employment taxes and all of that because if you wait to uh have to pay employment taxes Mm -hmm. when you file your tax returns there there could be penalties for not filing quarterly oh okay paying more money that you did not you're paying a penalty for not filing quarterly employment tax return. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just another area that um, startup businesses run into IRS problems mm-hmm. for. And then many, um, many of my clients have been in business for years and they don't pay their employment taxes quarterly 
because they're trying to keep the lights on, um, pay the rent, yeah. you know, and that is an easy way to get in trouble with the IRS. Right. So overall, you need to do some planning. You have a great idea for a business, but you know, you must do some planning. Right. Otherwise, your business can fail on so many fronts. Yeah. One of the um, things that you want to avoid is having any problems with IRS. Yes. Yes, that is. I, and I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles um, for a lot of people who are starting their small business. They don't really know where to start, especially when it comes to um, dealing with the IRS and um, filing the correct tax, tax entity and all of these things that you've went over today. Um, so thank you so much for giving all this great information. Is there any way that people could get in contact with you if they did have other questions um, that we maybe didn't? talk about on here or if they wanted to get with you for a consultation or anything like that yes um i am doing a new website okay and i would just ask that they contact you um and i will provide all of that information okay um for that um i you know i don't want to be inundated with you know, thousands of calls that I can't feel uh, whether I want you to reach out to me via my website Okay. that I am doing. So that will be another chance for <laughs> them to interact with you, uh, Kendra. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Miss Julie. Well, thank you for coming on today. And sharing all of those wonderful tax tips with us. That you have started your own business and you have started this uh, podcast to be a blessing to, you know, people who are thinking about starting their own business. So thanks to you that (laughs) people are getting great information from different people that you are featuring on your uh, podcast. So I am proud of you to have started your own business and this podcast. Well, thank you. I have, I have a lot of, uh, I have a a, a great village, Uh, a lot of um, hands. Well, not a lot of hands in my business, but you know, like a lot of people that I can lean on and go to, especially for information. And that's one of the main goals um, of the podcast is to be able to give that same type of information or for for it to be able to provide in a way that same type of support for other small business owners who may or may not have the same type of support system that I do. So I'm glad it's reaching people. Right. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. I love mentoring and working with small businesses and I definitely don't want them to have to hire me right. to get them out of their IRS problem. Right. But you do want them to hire you to, before, at the beginning. At the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning. Absolutely. Not halfway through when you, you've gotten some things from the IRS. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. <laughs> but if you do get something uh, from the IRS, then 
we need someone like me who works for the IRS. So I know the inside of the operation. Right. And now in my law firm, that's what I do. People mm-hmm. get in trouble with the IRS, and I try and negotiate them out of trouble with right. the IRS. Right. 